Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. So this is a month of gratitude here as we enter the end of the month of November, and we thought it would be helpful to talk about gratitude and its relationship to coaching, its relationship to self-development, and a little bit of its relationship with grief and loss as well. So I think we can maybe start with sharing what gratitude means to us or or experiences that we've had with gratitude. Uh, I've tried, tried daily gratitude practices. I did not stick with the habit. But one thing that I think has helped me with implementing gratitude practices are my own kids. It's an opportunity for me to discuss with them what are they grateful for for their day. And then, you know, I can share with them as well. So not only are we sharing our gratitude experiences, we're learning from each other as a family as well. So that's been one practice is kind of helped me as I continue to explore gratitude as a self-help strategy. Uh, what about you, LaShawn? What's, what's been working for you? Well, um, I don't have anything as structured as like a gratitude journal or anything like that. Gratitude is interwoven in my life. I just, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that I was brought up. Um, I was brought up in a, um, In the Mormon church, Latter-day Saint church, and gratitude was almost always, you know, part of what we learned um, in the church. And I have always been a very um, expressive person when it comes to gratitude, Um, especially in my relationships. I often, and I, I think it's really important to do that. I think it's really important to let people know how much you value them and appreciate them for being them and also um, value and appreciate their um, what they do the contributions that they make because I do think that that's where it can become uh, where people can feel resentful or feel like they have a thankless job or underappreciated if you're not letting people know and yourself know how grateful you are for what you have and also what people do, um, how they contribute, is I think when you have that at the top of your mind, that's part of the practice of your, you know, um, observations of the world. Wow, look at all these contributions people are making. Like, for example, I'm driving down the road. Someone was, you know, gracious enough and, and, and it was great enough to, like, make this road. And I'm driving in this car. You know, someone, I'm so grateful for the fact that I have this car and that there was someone who designed the car. And so you could just really just go crazy with gratitude. And the more that I really intentionally observe my world 
and observe the things that are possible in my world with gratitude, the better I feel. And then like when I'm really low, I use gratitude as a pick me up because it's easy to do um, just to kind of count your blessings, so to speak. When you're really low, it's difficult to shift from low mood to high mood. You often have to go into neutral and then and then from neutral go into a, a higher um, elevated mood. Um, gratitude is a shortcut to that, I find. And even if I'm like really low, I will say, okay, so what are you, first of all, what's going on right now in this moment? Because anytime you're really low, you're either focusing on something that happened in the past or you're focusing on something that's going to happen. Unless of course, there's really something in the present that's making you low. Um, but often that's often the case with me that if I'm low, it's because I'm focusing on something that happened that I wasn't happy about, or I'm dreading something that's coming. Um, so I put myself in the present. And one way to do that is I think about what I'm grateful for. First thing I go to, and you mentioned your kids, I think about my kids because that's instant for me. Like I think about James, my son, or I think about Naomi, my daughter, and I just immediately it's I'm smiling. And then that kicks me out of my low mood and it allows me to feel better. So those are some things that I use with gratitude and it's always been part of my existence and it's one of my like I would say love languages is um showing appreciation. How about you, Erin? Anything come to mind as I was talking about what gratitude means to me? Yeah, I love how it can move you from neutral to kind of a higher feeling of well-being. And I think that that's so important when we are struggling sometimes to be able to access gratitude in a, a neutral space. Uh, just in the grief and loss landscape, gratitude can be really challenging and difficult because often people will witness the griever and try and really want to try to make them feel better and, and maybe by offering like moments of gratitude or, or you can be grateful for this at least. And, and I just want to caution that when it comes to grief and loss, those are not helpful practices. Uh, a griever can utilize, a, a, you know, positive gratitude practices, but typically if, if that's the case, they're, you know, very small opportunities. They're not forced and it's not a way out of feeling their emotions because one of the kind of key pieces with grief and loss is, you know, we have to feel those difficult spaces and, and navigate those. And gratitude is one way to do that, but it's also tricky when it comes to grief and loss. So that's my, like on the professional side, thinking about grief and loss, but on the personal side, for me, I find that it's you know, you're talking about, I, I brought up the children aspect and then you talked about it. And it, it, there is something really interesting about looking at things through a child's eye when you think about gratitude, the way they appreciate their friends, the way they appreciate their teachers, just this natural inclination to appreciate and, and often show gratitude by writing a note to the teacher or you know, telling their friend, I really like you. <laughs> you. You know, you see that I see this happening a lot with my kids. 
And I'm curious at what point does that shift into adulthood where that isn't as much of a automatic practice sometimes, but something we kind of have to build as a skill that we utilize in our day to day. And I don't want to say that's for everyone, right? There's so many people in the world who approach the world from that sense of curiosity, non-judgment and gratitude consistently and, and constantly. And that works for them. But some people also tend to lean a little bit more uh, critical, right? Critical thinkers, critical in their judgments. And so I'm curious, you know, with that space, where does gratitude fit in? Is it helpful at all or not? Um, And then I'm also curious about finding more ways to just feel that gratitude as well as show that gratitude and and how that can be done. Um, And I'm curious if that came up for people as they maybe celebrated fall or if they celebrate Thanksgiving, if that came up there in their conversations this past week with family members, I'd love to hear from listeners on that, uh, what their experiences about gratitude were at the holiday. Yeah, you brought up some really good points there. First, about, and you mentioned this this term, um, companioning a griever. Um, and I think that this is, this is true of anyone who's suffering. It's really easy to shift to, oh, at least, you know, <laughs> you're not worse off or at least, you know, to do that kind of at least thing, which I think really dismisses um, the person's experience. That's my um, take on it. Um, and I do think that it's really important to definitely use gratitude, um, for yourself. I think that's a great tool to use, but I, I also am very careful, um, when working in coaching, um, when working, you know, when talking to a friend who's, who's in pain, um, you know, someone who's grieving to just be present and hold space for that person and not be so quick to fix or not to be so quick to um, help them feel better. Although that is, I mean, definitely that's, that's a compassionate response. You want to do something to ease their pain, to ease their suffering. And like you said, there's a finesse, you, you know, you need to finesse that. There's a skill to that. And I think it's something that we should learn. I, um, I think if we see it modeled, um, like if our parents are modeling it and while we're growing up, I think it's easier for a person to, um, do that effectively. I personally am not effective (laughs) even as a coach. I find myself, I find myself struggling with what to say or do when someone is suffering or grieving. My go-to is be silent and hold space. (laughs) That's my default. Um, because I have been there and said the wrong thing and felt really terrible about it. I have actually, I hate to admit it, said at least. And I was like, why did you do that? You know better. (laughs) Um, And so that's one thing that I would say about gratitude is that, yes, it's great to model it and it's great to use it for yourself. But yes, I definitely agree with you. You should caution. Um, You should use caution when using it as um, a way to make someone feel better by 
pointing out, oh, count your blessings kind of thing. Just, that almost always comes across as really um, abrasive. Um, so I, that was a really good point that you made there. And I would love to hear more about how, you know, we can um, companion a griever as, as you have used in the past. And that might be a topic for another podcast. And I, I yeah. also think it's great that you're asking the listeners, you know, what are some some conversations that you've had around gratitude? I mean, there's so many posts and so many things you're know, talking about being grateful and and appreciating things at, at this time of year. And it carries on through Christmas, right? Um, being around your family, having those conversations. And you did also mention children are so quick to show gratitude. They're so quick to show appreciation. They're so quick to um, really express how much they value their teachers, their parents, their friends. And we do, do I agree. I observe that too, Erin. You do tend to kind of lose that as an adult. And one thing I'd just like to add to that is what's coming up for me when you mention that is, is it possible that perhaps as we are go into adulthood, um, we spend a lot more time focusing on what's not working and focusing on, um, you know, making ends meet, uh, fulfilling our responsibilities, our duties. And we kind of lose along the way that childlike curiosity. Things are, you know, been there, done that. We start to get cynical. Um, we start to think, hey, you know, this is, this is my life. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think gratitude can do for us in our adult life is rekindle that childlike curiosity, that ease of appreciation that comes with just recognizing the simple things. So you've seen that, you know, that patch of flowers over and over and it's the same patch of flowers. But children, when they see something a lot you know, a child can watch the same thing over and over again and still find joy in it, I, you know. But wouldn't it be nice if we could rekindle that and, you know, revisit that that childlike curiosity? And that's one of the wonderful things about gratitude. Um, to go back to your question about maybe how that shows up with companioning and grief, one of the new frameworks around that that I have been working on designing and thinking about is just a three-pronged model for anybody who's companioning anybody in a difficult time to ask themselves these three questions. One, how can you show care to the individual? How can you connect them to appropriate resources? And three, what are some thoughtful questions you can ask the griever? So, you know, care is very much your way of being with the individual and a lot of what you talked about. And I do want to go back to the point that you made that, you know, you were, you at some point said at least to a griever and you were likely at the same time. Well, that's not maybe the most effective phrase, still showing care by your presence, your ability and capacity to hold that friendship and whatever else you were doing there. So. I don't want us to get too hung up on some of the language to where people are like, I just don't know what to do. So I'm not going to do anything. Um, 
And, and so I want our listeners to really recognize that, but there are ways to show care and, and stumble with your words. And that's okay too, right? Uh, with the doing aspect, you know, food and, and even like toilet paper, those types of things. What can you bring over? Uh, what is something that you saw that made you think of them that you could share with them? How can you sit with them? Like you said, how you do LaShawn, uh, by just being there, right? And, and and not talking and allowing the other individual to, or the, the person who might be hurting to share. So that's a basic definition of how I'm defining care here. And then connecting to resources is another really challenging one because we uh, know, often know of resources in the community that might be a good fit, but it's a really hard thing to bring up, right? Because it comes across as, you need to go to counseling or you need to use this resource. So you, and that's really challenging as well. So thinking about how you relay what you do know about resources in the community in a way that's genuine, but also just as a a way of sharing your own curiosity about those resources as well, versus saying that you know all about them and that they would be a good fit for the individual. I, uh, one of the things you might do is always, uh, I use the phrase, tentatively suggest. You can say, I'm going to offer a suggestion here and let the person know, I know about this resource and I know here's how it's helped others. Do you want more information? So that's the second one. And then the third one, looking at like, what is a thoughtful question you can ask the griever? Uh, Sometimes people need to be able to process aloud to create some movement with their thoughts, which are impacting their emotions, which are impacting their behaviors. And so staying grounded in the conversation with the individual and asking a curious question about something they say uh, is always a, a, another good way to, to do those things. And then holding your space in the conversation from a position of gratitude. I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to help this friend who's hurting. Um, or or something like that. So gratitude can always show up, not only for the person who's struggling, but also the person who may be helping in the situation. Uh, so that's where my mind went to to your response on, on the question about and grief. And I know this podcast is about coaching in general too, so I don't want to talk too extensively about grief and loss here. Uh, so I'm I wondering, Lashawn, in your positive intelligence coaching world. How uh, is gratitude utilized in your own practice with clients? And then how do you see it show up for clients? Well, um, I, you know, how it shows up with clients and how um, we use it in positive intelligence um, is very, you know, it's very similar to like positive psychology or anything like that, where you um, take a, a moment um, in your day to recognize the things that you appreciate, um, that you uh, feel have added value to your life. And it's with positive intelligence and mental fitness training, it's about creating a practice of gratitude. It's about, it's about um, taking time in your day to um, appreciate your strengths, appreciate the people around you. And really, that is the way of the sage. And we talked about the sage in other episodes. 
um, that is the way of the sage. The sage is in a in a a spirit of gratitude, um, grateful for life. Um, it's also joy and appreciation. So that is what the sage is. And so if you are in a sage mode, and that's one of the practices that we have in positive intelligence, we practice the um, sage perspective. The sage perspective is being able to see a gift and opportunity in every situation. Well, that is only made possible through being in a spirit of gratitude, being in a mind of gratitude. And so that's where it shows up in positive intelligence. It shows up in the sage. And our saboteurs are the antithesis of that. Our saboteurs are the, the, the personified uh, traits that pull us away from our natural inclination to appreciate. Like you said, children, it comes so easily to them. I think it comes so easily to them because children are, for the most part, in their natural state. And I believe that our natural state is one of gratitude, it is one of curiosity, it is one of empathy. This comes naturally to us. And I think that over time we learn, we unlearn how to naturally tap into that spirit of gratitude. And we learn how to be critical, how to be reasonable, how to be rational, how to um, separate ourselves from our emotions. Because we are then taught that this is the best way. As long as we're rational, as long as we come from the mind, as long as we're scientific about this, you know, things will work better. And that actually <clears throat> comes from a, I'm kind of getting over cold, <laughs> but that comes from um, hyper-rational, which is another saboteur that we, um, we have in positive intelligence, personifies that need to completely deny your emotional self, which isn't the best practice. Um, it can really damage our relationships if we don't tap into our emotions. And that is what I think gratitude is. It's a spontaneous emotion of appreciation, um, recognizing the value of something just by its existence, not by anything that it's like giving or any kind of monetary value, but just how it how it um what emotions and feelings it evokes in us uh pleasant feelings feelings of joy um feelings of um warmth that kind of thing so that's how um gratitude shows up in positive intelligence it's the way of the sage i like how you focus on the emotional self and i think that's so important uh, as something that needs a lot of tending and care. And what you mentioned about gratitude being an, an emotion, that's really interesting too, because it doesn't always have to be a practice. And, and so thinking about gratitude in those two terms, right? Gratitude as a practice and gratitude as a feeling, uh, they're kind of different, right? One helps necessitate the feeling. So the gratitude as a practice helps necessitate the feeling. And the feeling gives back and helps necessitate gratitude, which I think is interesting when we think about how we're focusing on our emotional health and rewiring our emotions for that, that reciprocity around gratitude. 
So I just learned something from what you were saying that I hadn't even thought about is gratitude also being a feeling. And that is, that's really neat too. Um, yeah, that's all I have here. <laughs> well, I just wanted to reiterate how, um, how great it was to hear those three, that your three pronged approach. It was really empowering as someone who, um, often doesn't know what to say or how to be with a person who's suffering or grieving. And th that three pronged approach that you had, uh, was so, um, it's going to be so useful for me because now when I am in the presence of someone who's suffering and even myself, I can do this for myself. I have those three um, strategies, which are just really, I think, so useful. Um, the how do you show care? Um, what resources can you um, direct them to or suggest tentatively? I love that. And I love that you included language. That's so useful because often I think, okay, so I have the three-pronged approach, but how do I implement that into a conversation with someone? Something that I struggle with often is you know, finding words, the words to say it, and you supplying that scaffold, that, that structure, um, words that you can start with, questions, and thoughtful questions. That was the other thing so um that really resonated for me and that i would hope that you know our listeners will take away with them because as we move into other holidays events not just thanksgiving but especially um you know other holidays in in, in um december hanukkah kwanzaa christmas those are all holidays where we get together with our family and if your family's anything like mine, it's not exactly the best <laughs> experience. I mean, it can be nice. <laughs> but things come up, you know? Things come stress. up, especially because... during the holidays. You know? Especially during the holidays. Yeah, relationships are so things... hard. Yeah. <laughs> Relate. Yes, absolutely. Amen to that. Amen to that. Absolutely. Relationships, yeah. they can be really messy and really hard. And, um... The beauty about relationships, and this is also part of gratitude, one of the beauties about relationships is forgiveness. Um, you know, you mm. stumble, you fall, you say the wrong thing. I say at least to a griever. If my relationship is strong enough, they can forgive me for that. I can forgive myself for that. And that, too, I think is a cousin or a sister of gratitude. Um, that ability to see and to give the benefit of the doubt, the ability to see that someone is well-meaning, that that is, that is a um, way of showing care by, you know, doing something that, or saying something, maybe not be the best thing, but at least it came from a place of care. And I, I mm. love that you mentioned that. So those, through that three-pronged approach needs to be tattooed <laughs> to everybody's forehead. I, I have a really good tattoo stickers. artist here in Longmont if anybody wants their Could I put a bumper sticker that says, how can you show care? What resources can you direct the person to? One, one what of are the, some thoughtful questions? You, can I make, I'm going to make a t-shirt with that. <laughs> I love that. And it, it is good because it's like, even if you just remember one of those of the three, it, it's still yeah. helpful. 
But going back to this relationships in the holidays and relationships and family relationships and whether there's a lot of trauma history there or whether there might be a high functioning family system, it's still the grittiness of this kind of familial dynamic that makes it challenging around the holidays. And so I know one thing that I'm going to try to to do more of is the sage practice that you mentioned with the gratitude piece uh, and how this is our natural state. So anytime I go into that critical judgment of one of my siblings or my parents, I'm going to really focus on moving back to curiosity, but also just remembering I was more of an in natural state there, not a natural state. And now shifting to gratitude, this is more of a natural state and providing care to the individual by hearing them, even though we may have very different opinions, that that space of gratitude is such an important strategy for healing, not not only ourselves, but our relationships with others too. Uh, so I really like holding in my mind, just, just as much as a three-pronged approach for the griever, the sage approach for myself of going back to gratitude as my natural state uh, as we move into, you know, these, these, the, the, the big part of the holiday season. Really good to hear because as you are, you know, kind of adopting the sage perspective, I am also adopting this three pronged approach, which I'm going to use with my daughter who is currently in middle school. And she's got a lot of, um, you know, things that she's battling through. And I want her to, I want to empower her to get through it. You know, I want her to empower her so that she knows that she has the tools and the wherewithal to get through this and anything else that comes in her life, because she's at this age now where um, more than anything, she needs to be able to um, find her own way. Uh, And of course I'm there to support her and guide her and model for her. I'm really adamant in my own parenting to step back and let her muddle through. Well, being there, I don't just let her muddle through like, yeah, you're on your own. You know, sucks to be you. Here, have a sandwich kind of thing. No, I don't. I don't do that. But it's very hard as a mother to not give her un- unsolicited advice. Um, this morning, I was sharing with her this thing that I had overcome. And um, I wish that I had had that three pronged approach when I was talking with her. Because essentially, I was just sharing with her, hey, you know, I got over this really thing, this really difficult thing that I've been grappling with for five years, and I finally got through it. And I just want you to know, you can do it. You can persevere. And I was just like on my little soapbox. And she looked so like, mom, you know, I'm having this problem with my friend. And I immediately thought, okay, now it's time to listen. And then tell her you can, you can do this, you know. You can get through this. But if I had had that three-pronged approach, I could really have (laughs) knocked it out of the park. But oh well, another day. (laughs) Uh, But even you sharing that inspiration with her and being vulnerable to share your own lived experience as an adult right now and Mm -hmm. how difficult that is, I think when communicated well, it it can be really helpful, right, for, for middle school 
children to to hear that and see that the world is much larger than what's happening, you know, in in middle school. And yet those issues that the, they're grappling with are so big, especially in today's society and so hard. Uh, so I, I'm sure you did a, an amazing job having that conversation with her. And I think uh, I'll have to come <laughs> come over to your place for tips once my kids hit middle school. And it's so funny that that came up today because I had coffee with a friend earlier who has a, a child and uh, or you know an adolescent in middle school, and the the person was talking a lot about the same thing. Her daughter was having these issues with the friendships. She was using all of her self help strategies that she's been exposed to to really try to empower her child to have these difficult conversations. And I just want to say, I think that's really cool that parents are doing that because difficult conversations are hard. People fear those often more than they fear very extreme life circumstances, actually. And so just having the space to talk about that here uh, my hope is that people who are listening will be able to go back and try on some difficult conversations. And what you talked about with forgiveness and gratitude going hand in, on, hand, in hand, how we t- try on the hard conversation and couple that with the forgiveness and the gratitude, forgiveness for the others, forgiveness of ourselves as we learn to embody and utilize these skills that help us, you know, be a caring member in in our communities and our families, et cetera. I think it's uh, uh, really helpful. So I like this idea of thinking about the conversation as being hard, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to carry forgiveness and gratitude all throughout. Yeah, I love that. And that really is a great segue into the coaching nuggets that we usually give at the end of our podcast, like what you're going to carry with you. So I don't, I don't know if you, feel um aligned with maybe going into that that um you know the coaching nuggets that we might have to share with our listeners yes absolutely yeah and I think I'll stick with that one I it's not something I had thought of before the podcast at this podcast episode I think it's really invaluable uh as part of a gratitude practice have the hard conversations and carry both forgiveness and gratitude as part of those. That's Love what it. I have for today. We, we're going to make that a t-shirt too. Yes. <laughs> We've got our whole line. We've got our, our line of merch. You know, <laughs> the t-shirt with the three-pronged approach, that's the next one. The next one is the have those hard, what, those difficult conversations, carrying gratitude. In, we've got it. It's going to be oh, on. Yeah. Our, it's going to be on our mugs, our t-shirts, everything. I know. So to, 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 um, what do they call it? It's, it's, it's coming. <laughs> Stay tuned for our merch. <laughs> right. Um, Any yeah. listener there who, uh, knows how to help get merch moving, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let us know how to do that, how to set up a shop. Um, so my coaching nugget is very similar to yours. I took it from you, actually, the idea of our natural state. And I think that um, it's really important when looking at things like gratitude, curiosity, empathy, innovation. These are our natural 
traits. This is our natural state. This is this should be something that we calmly allow to emerge. It's not something that we have to search for. It's not something that we obviously we need to hone it and practice it, but it comes naturally to us. So my coaching nugget would be when you are in a situation where you're feeling like you lack the tools or the ability to empathize with a person or to help a person, the fact that you actually are thinking about that indicates that it's your natural state to have compassion. It's your natural state to um, be playful, to be curious, to have gratitude. So remember that it is your natural state to be um, to be grateful. And then I have one more question. How has someone shown you gratitude before that really stood out to you? Or when you do you have an experience where you felt gratitude at, at a higher level? That is a good question. Um, it's not it wasn't stated, but it was the person's actions that evoked a feeling of gratitude in me, uh, a feeling of appreciation. Um, it was just the fact that, you know, I was going through this really difficult time and the person stayed there. They didn't run. <laughs> so to me, that is, that to me is a sign that they value me and they appreciate me because even though it was difficult and I was going through a lot of weird stuff and, but they were there. They, their presence to me was a, was a show of their appreciation of me, which doesn't really make sense, but it feels that's the, that's how I feel. It's like the fact that they are able to sit there and stay with me and, and remain um, friends with me. To me, that to me is, is a sign of, of, of appreciation for gratitude. Um, how about you, Erin? I, I think it is for me the relationship aspect of people showing that they care and they want to show up. Uh and I think it's the consistency of that too, where I have felt a lot of gratitude uh through some tough experiences. So yeah, I think those people who 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 show up in that way have helped me show up for others in a better way and express gratitude more, more often and more authentically. Excellent. And I, and I encourage our listeners to um, think about that themselves. Like when have you had an experience where you felt particularly appreciated or the, or you felt a sense of gratitude? I think that's, really a helpful uh thing to have to consider when um just going through your day make it a practice i i encourage you and challenge you our listeners to um think today about gratitude and and how it shows up in your life Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, 
Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.